Howdy, everybody. It's your boy. It's Corey Ryan Forster, and you're listening to My Dumb Dumb Brain with Corey Ryan Forster, the Substack exclusive podcast. What does that mean? Dumb Dumb Brain? Yeah. Are you stupid? No, that's not at all what I'm saying. Why, why would people... Can you... Why would people listen to you if you were stupid? Will you, will you please let me finish? Is this, is this what it sounds like to be you? Like, mm-hmm. every day? Yep. Every day of your life, yes. this is what it what it sounds like? <sighs> How does your wife deal with it? I don't know. I mean, she's got to hate you, right? I don't... Like, maybe not. It. Surely this isn't what she signed up she, for. She knew who I was when we met. Yeah, I'm sure you're that same guy, buddy. <laughs> shut up. Please shut up. Just, what were we even talking about? Uh, you were introducing the podcast. Is right. what you were doing. Right. Okay. Yes. Welcome to My Dumb Dumb Brain with Corey Ryan Forrest. That's what it was. That's what it was. I was wondering why it was called My Dumb Dumb Brain because you're not stupid. But that's because that's what... I just called my brain that because I suffer from depression. Oh. It's My Dumb Dumb Brain. Right. I've said that before. Okay. Okay, so you don't really think you're stupid. No more than anyone else, I don't guess. So, so it's like a, just a defense mechanism, right? In, in what in what way? Well, like if you say that you're stupid and then somebody calls you stupid, you're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm the one that said that. I mean, okay, probably a, a little bit. No, it's exactly that. Come on, you say that you're stupid. That way when you do something that's not stupid, it's like extra impressive to people. Oh, or so mm-hmm. that's what you have made yourself think, right? Come on, just admit it. <laughs> Yes, actually, that's... Knew it! That's pretty much it. Knew it! All insecurity. Boom! Anyways. Welcome Welcome to the the show! show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to My Dumb Dumb Brain with Corey Ryan Forster. I am Corey Ryan Forster. No surprise there. Uh, Hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving. I sure did. We were in Iowa with the fam. Um... I'll be honest, my back is still, and my neck, and my pussy, and my crack. <laughs> Sorry, that's a big time inside joke with me and my wife. Literally, and, and by the way, even though y'all know I'm disgusting, it's usually her. Like, if I come home from the road, and like, I've been driving a lot, or I've been on a plane, which always makes me hurt, and I'm just, I'll just come home and be like, ugh, and she's like, what's wrong? And I'll just be like, oh god, my neck, and she'll be like, and also, your back, and your pussy and your crack <laughs> so sorry sorry for being disgusting right there off the jump but yeah no we had a good time uh her my my in-laws are in iowa which is about a 12 hour drive and we do drive it and uh mainly because well hey it's just like a tradition you know that's just that's how their family does it and i'm not gonna be the person who's like uh yeah i know that y'all drive but like you know, I'm doing okay. I can get a plane ticket. Like, I'm not going to be that douchebag. And it's cool. We get to spend time. You know, it's, it's always just me, her, and her dad. And we take times, take turns driving. But mainly it's because when we go for Thanksgiving, I don't know if this is the situation in, a, in anybody else's household, but, like, we do our Christmas and our Thanksgiving uh, together at the same time because I wrote about it a little this week. Excuse me. Jesus. Um... We, uh, uh, yeah, because of my schedule, we just knock them both out at the same time. And therefore, we have to transport the Christmas gifts and such uh, to and also fro. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this, obviously, on Substack, because this is a Substack exclusive podcast where I think, I think I'm just going to keep it here. Uh, I do have, of course, there's a temptation to just put it on all the other platforms. But I'll be honest with you, my, um, the goal here is to have a thing that will 
force people to sign up for the Substack, which obviously you all have done. Um, and uh, not in ju- and for the record, the free version is is cool too. Like as you know, you're listening to this; it's free. Uh, you can pay the five dollar version to get this podcast earlier and get bonus things uh, and get audio versions of every single thing that I do. Um, there on the paid version, the $5. I say this, I know I'm probably boring a lot of people, but I like to say it in case people didn't hear it the first time. If you're out there and you would like to be a, uh, you would like to be a paid subscriber, but it's just not realistic for you right now because you're out of work. Uh, you know, you, you lost your job or if you're on strike, I'm for that too. Or if you simply are just like, no, I have a job, but like I also got 12 kids and it's the holidays and I ain't got no money, but I love you. I will comp you a subscription. Uh, no questions asked. All you gotta do is holler at me over at buttercreamcory at gmail.com and just let me know. Say, hey man, I'd like a I'd like a free subscription. And uh, yeah, I'll comp you. No questions asked. That's fine. And I always also say this: if you're somebody out there who pays for the Substack, um, and it you're like, hey man, that's BS that those those people get it for free and I have to pay. I will refund your money. I don't think there's anybody out there like that because as I've said before, I just believe if we can afford to do things, we obviously should, and you know show our support that way. Um, but this is a situation where if you can't afford it, I can still hook you up. You know, it's one of the few things in my career I can do that with. I can't do that with like you know, tickets to shows all the time because, you know, the venue's got to be paid. The staff has to be paid, all that stuff. But this is me. I'm the CEO. I'm the dictator of CoreyRyanForcer.substack.com. And by God, that is just what we are going to do. So sorry for boring y'all with that once again, but I do find it important to say. It is a big week for you, boy. The Well Read Tour makes our annual stop in New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans for a person that talks normal, I guess. Um... I've actually already been there this year because my buddy got married in New Orleans. It's one of my favorite cities in the whole world. It lives up to all the hype and more, honestly. Actually, I'd say that New Orleans is one of those places that, like, you're like, oh, yeah, New Orleans is going to be great, party, blah, 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 blah. But you're, you you almost think to yourself, like, oh, that place would be too much. And I guess it can be in some regards, but I don't do the whole partying thing anymore. I'm just like a, hey, let's get in, have some great food, you know, and fellowship. And it is a wonderful place for having some good food and fellowship, and we're at the Civic Theater, um, and I'm super pumped to go down there. I'm going to spend a couple days on the road, uh, because as I told y'all, I think I told her about this Substack, I'm writing a new book, a travel book. Uh, so I'm going to spend a little time in New Orleans taking notes and whatnot, and I also get to watch my number one Georgia Bulldogs take on one of the biggest college football dynasties that we've ever seen, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And a lot of people are saying, oh, this is the year. This is Georgia's year. Alabama's not looking so hot. It's funny because everybody's like, Alabama's not Alabama this year. They've lost one game. <laughs> you know, uh, I, as a Georgia fan, if there's any Georgia fans listening, you know that it would be very unlike a Georgia fan to sit here and say anything other than I am terrified of Alabama and I just know that we are going to squander this. I hope we do not, but I will say it's a good situation. We're finally in a good situation to where even if we do lose to Alabama, we're still going to the playoffs uh Alabama would have to beat us I guess twice to win the national championship or whatever however it works out um but I'm super excited you know Braves won the World Series this year looking good for the dogs I thought it was looking good for my Titans there for a minute and now who knows I mean you know it's still we can still make the playoffs and King Henry could come back but 
I don't know. But right now, for right now, it is great to be a Georgia Bulldog. We are going to be in New Orleans when I'm I'm watching the SEC Championship, which is Saturday at 3.30. So our show's Friday night, but I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to get up early enough the next day to make it home and still feel good enough to watch a game at 3.30. So I'm just, you know, going to get my hotel for an extra day or two and just stay and watch the game. And as a lot of y'all know, I have been sober for – uh, what's 16? Hold on just a second. Let's, let's do, let's do some math. Six, I think 16 weeks. So that's how many months? Well, 16 divided by four. There's usually four weeks in, usually four weeks in a month and 16, uh, divided by, uh, four is, is, is four. You dumbass. Uh, so <laughs> I know that there's some months that have five weeks or whatever, but like roughly four months, which is usually about when my sobriety starts to break down. Uh, and my God, we're gonna—I'm gonna be in New Orleans watching my Georgia Bulldogs play for the SEC championship. It will be a test of my will, but I'll be honest with you. At this point, I think we're in the home stretch. I've got two more weeks before uh, as we record our special at Zanies, which I've allowed myself. By the way, I said December 19th, 18th or 19th, whenever it is, is our last show. I'm gonna have some cold beers. That's totally fine. Uh, so, you know, I think we're close enough that I can make it, but it's going to be a great weekend. I hope I see everybody that's uh, in New Orleans out at that show. Uh, that will be fun. Uh, and Hey, I also said over on, uh, I said over on Twitter, we were going to do a little, uh, ask me anything on this show. This is part, this is going to be the last one of these for a while. Cause I want to just start, I want to start doing different stuff, but I just, I, I enjoy doing them. And it's a good way to engage and get the word out there about the show and open up and let y'all know a little bit about myself. I'm sure that I'm getting annoying to some of you at this point, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to answer some, uh, questions and, uh, okay. okay. Uh, All right, here we go. The first one in the cheap seats, uh, at, at in the cheap seats on Twitter. Okay. I assume one of my fans from down under, uh, do you consider the Australian accent to be accent neutral? Like we do. Have you seen that documentary crocodile Dundee? Hilarious. Um, so the Australian accent, I don't even know if I can do it without it sounding like just a stupid British accent. British. They say, does Australian go British? Because, you know, British, British, though, the, uh, the British. When you talk like British, you t- often take the T's out, you know. But Australian, it's more here, you know. Everything kind of sounds like a question. Or is what I'm doing right there New Zealand? Or is New Zealand more here? I can't fucking do... I don't know. I love the way that Australians talk. And I'm also always heard that uh, Australians were like... The they're also red. There's a bunch of rednecks over there. Drew, my, my buddy and touring partner, used to live in uh, I want to say Brisbane. I'm probably wrong. Maybe Melbourne. I'm just saying places in Australia that I know at this point. Um, and it always informed me of the uh, high levels of redneck assery over there, which has always really, really hit for me. So uh, I don't know about what I consider y'all's accent, but uh, y'all are all right to me. All right, at Rugby Skin, uh, my buddy Micah over here says. Any favorite UK comedians? I'm really digging the fact that I'm getting some uh, questions from across the pond, as it were. Um, I'll be honest with you, like when it comes to UK comedians, I definitely know the ones that made it, you know, over here. Like, you know, Eddie Izzard, tremendous. Um, I love all of Ricky Gervais's shows. Um, you know, his stand up, he started stand up late. I won't even necessarily consider him that, but he's a comedian in the sense that he writes comedically. And I love his. Uh, shows Jimmy Carr, you know, uh, Billy, uh, Billy Conley, uh, uh, 
uh, Jane Goodley. Um, oh my God, there's. I should have looked at these questions before because there's going to definitely be a bunch of people like, what about blank? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I love them, too. Craig Ferguson, uh, you know, really, really good stuff. I love I love pretty much anybody that is from the U.K. that has come over here and had success. I always enjoy them. Uh, not only do I think they're tremendous, but, like, I ain't going to lie, for the same reason that a lot of people dig what I do, it's just I like that accent a lot, man. Um you know, was a bit, they're not stand-up comedians, but like huge Monty Python fan when I was growing up, and like still to this day, I love that Mitchell and Webb look. Um, I love everything that those dudes do. Um, yeah, I like. I'm a big fan. I mean, I'm a, a, a an, an Anglophile in, in a certain sense. Like, yeah, you probably that's probably why you asked the question. I mean, I've I follow uh, a lot of British stuff. You know, I've got BritBox, I've got Masterpiece Theater. Um, all that good stuff. I'm actually I'm going to be over there uh, this summer writing the book. I think May. I, we haven't, you know, don't hold me to that, but going to be taking a tour of jolly old England and other places uh, over there. So, uh, yeah, those are the comedians that come off the top of my head, but I know as soon as I stop recording, I'm going to be like, you fucking idiot, what about blank? Oh, and then right down here at Troutman Tiffany one Tiffy says, would a European tour be too much to ask? Asking from Norway. Now, I don't know about Norway, but like I said, going to be over in Europe in May. We haven't, like, set our itinerary yet, and... Um, I, being honest with you, it's not to do shows, though we we are going to try to set that up. Like, hey, we're going over there anyways. We may as well, you know, try to do that. Uh, but I'll, I think for the whole month of May, we're going to be there. But like I said, don't hold me to it. But yeah, I would love to go to Norway too. I mean, I'm trying to go everywhere, man. I love, I love traveling, you know, coming from a small, teeny tiny town in North Georgia. It was always my dream to not only see the world, but to get paid for it. Uh, yeah, I was always like, no, by God, I'm in, I, you know, I'm, I'm in comedy. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to just spend all my hard on money going to these places. I'm going to figure out a way to get paid to do it. And, uh, luckily I've, I've figured part of that out so far. So yeah, man, uh, you know, w as far as the well-read comedy tour goes, I don't know. Um, but you go to wellreadcomedy.com uh, and periodically and, and check for days. But by the way, if you're subscribed to this newsletter. I will absolutely keep you apprised of, my comings and goings and my tour dates and stuff, uh, especially as it pertains to going over to Europe. So I can't wait, man. I'm, I'm super excited for, for, for all that. Uh, Megan and Molly's mom at, uh, Jamie says, when are you coming to Montana? That's how she, she put the periods in there. <laughs> that wasn't just me being weird. I don't know. I don't know about the tour. I've heard that uh, Billings, maybe there's a situation. It's just never worked out logistically for us on the tour. You know, I myself have been to Montana. I worked at Yellowstone for a little bit, uh, and I love Montana. It's beautiful. Me and my wife actually have a, a pipe dream. Well, I say pipe dream. It could happen, by God, uh, of moving, maybe having a place in Montana sometime. Her dad really likes to hunt. And uh, I would like to do that for him. Maybe uh, maybe me and Amber get a place out there, and, and I'm on the road all the time, so I'm not staying at it. So I'll get her dad over there, and he just kind of like, you know, holds down the fort or whatever, have us a little uh, Dutton Ranch situation. I mean, you know, obviously it ain't going to be, it ain't going to hit that hard. Uh, but that would be that would be pretty cool to me. I would I would certainly enjoy that, uh, coming through Montana to work or to play. So, you know, like I said, I'll, I'm, I'll be posting my dates here on the Substack, but uh, stay stay tuned because it's one of the uh, it's one of the states we have. I myself personally have been to forty eight states, but 
haven't toured all of them, and that's one of them. That's one of like the five that we haven't done well-read shows in, but we're definitely wanting to. All right, let's see here. Uh, Super V says, "Sorry if I missed it, but is there anything you can remember causing or majorly attributing to your anxiety or depression? I can guess on mine, but maybe it's nothing you can pinpoint." Uh, thank you for the question, Super V. I re- I gotta tell you one thing. Um, I. once I started being vulnerable and opening up about my depression, it's so funny that like I didn't even consider for a second that people were going to constantly ask me about it. And like that was going to become part of my whole thing. And for the record, that's on me. Like, I'm not saying I can't believe people do. It's like, duh. Why didn't I think that? Like, I, you know, the first time I ever started talking about my depression uh, or my anxiety, was I made a video one time because, uh, frankly, I had been like, I'm super manic a lot, you know, manic depressive type. And um, so when I'm manic, like what happens in those situations for people that don't know is like, you know, you can go a very, very long time without a depressive episode. And because it's your brain doing that to you, your brain is constantly praying. When you're depressed, your brain is playing tricks on you, telling that you that you're not worth shit and that everybody hates you. Well, it does the same thing to you when you're manic and you're not in the depressive part. Like, your brain plays tricks on you like it makes you forget that depression is even a thing, if that makes sense to you. Like, you forget that you're in a battle because, like, it's down, it's like, if it was a war, this is the downtime when you go back home to visit or whatever, and you just, I, I, I don't know shit about that, so I'm certain they don't ever forget, but you get the metaphor I'm trying to make. During that moment, you're not thinking about it, and your brain tries to convince you that it's it's not a thing, and maybe it was all in your head, right? So, I said all that word vomit to say this. Uh, one day, it hit me like a ton of bricks, like that debilitating, can't get out of bed, not worth shit, like literally no motivation to live type depression. And when that happened, I had remembered this word I kept hearing from a lot of people, platform. Corey, you have a platform now. You should use your platform for good. Like I'd gotten a lot of followers recently because of the buttercream dream or some such that I did. And uh, I remember I made a fart joke, which I still do a lot. And somebody was like, you know, it's it's disappointing to see you using your platform like this. And I was like, first off, what? It's a fart joke. I can make fart jokes. And they were like, you know, you, you've got such a platform now. You need to be, you know, using your platform for good. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. But like, so when I had 5,000 followers, fart joke, okay. 200,000 followers, fart joke, no good. That's ridiculous. I didn't not turn into, a, I didn't transform into not a comedian overnight just because I got more, that's insane, whatever. But the word platform kept ringing in my head, and it was something that I hated. I couldn't stand that word. It's like, fucking platform, who gives a shit, blah, 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 blah. But it is true. And then I was sitting there in this huge depressive moment in my life, and the word platform kept ringing, and I was like, Corey, why don't you go, instead of making a video just for laughs or whatever, why don't you go make the type of video that you, as a depressed person, would have loved to have seen when you were younger, like honestly not even that young of a kid, like a couple years ago it had been great to see this. And so I just opened up and was like, hey, I'm, I'm depressed. <laughs> even though shit's going great for me, uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, you know, depression uh, doesn't discriminate, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and it, I got so many DMs from people that were like, dude, thank you for for posting this and I didn't do it for any glory or whatever but like I'll be honest with you when I post those videos like 
it it helps. I'm doing it to help myself. I am because it's like get it out there. Just get it out there. Say it in the stigma. Talk about it. Uh, be open. You know, we need more of this. So it is helping me. Like selfishly, it, it's helping me. But I'm glad that it does help others. But to, but my point to answer the question: Have I noticed things that trigger my anxiety or depression? Yeah, um, booze huge like booze big time like i'm currently um i want to say 16 weeks sober and i say that and like i don't even like using that phrase 16 weeks hold on let me get some coffee i don't even like saying that phrase 16 weeks sober mainly because like when when people hear oh i'm sober it it implies um like that you have a problem and like i don't have a drinking problem like, I don't have an addiction to alcohol, but my problem with alcohol is that, yeah, alcohol affects your depression, and, and, and it's it's a depressant. And so I'm more, like, I would say that, like, between my de- depression and anxiety, I, I major in anxiety and minor in depression, uh, even though I've been at school, I've been minoring in depression for a long, I'm in grad school with that shit still, Um but, like, alcohol just doesn't... It, what it does, alcohol makes my anxiety worse, which triggers my depression. You know what I mean? Like, when I get uh, drunk, I guess everything's fine then. But then when I'm hungover, I, I've got so much stuff to do, and I kind of can't function, and then it all piles up and piles up and piles up and piles up, and then, boom, anxious. The anxiety triggers my depression. They're both fighting each other, and then I'm paralyzed, and I can't move. And... Um, with me being sober again, it's not like <clears throat> so much of a like, oh man, I'm fucking waking up in a ditch. Ever that's that wasn't the case. It's just that I have a lot of goals in my life, and I've also like right now, um, because of how the pandemic changed the comedy landscape. In that, you know, we didn't tour for eighteen months, like we couldn't. Places weren't open, and now we're back to touring, but like. You know, some people have been very vocal of like, hey, I know y'all are vaccinated and I, I know that there's the vaccine or whatever, but like it's still we're still a little uncomfortable with coming out. Like a lot a lot of people say that and I get it and I totally get that. But like that affects dates that we can book and stuff. So I had to like start wearing a lot more hats like I'm working a lot, all jobs in comedy. But like I've got a lot of different pipelines going right now to make up for the 18 months of lost touring. And I would not be able to do that, um, A, drunk, or B, completely anxiety riddled the entire time. And like I still have anxiety, like not drinking doesn't completely cure that, but it does put put you in the best position to win. And that's like the thing that I've had to realize is like, Jesus, I'm so sorry. The thing I've had to realize is like, look, it, yes, it is true. You are you have depression and anxiety, and that sucks, and that puts you at a disadvantage to people that don't suffer from those things. But this is just how it is. So you gotta you've got to play the cards you were dealt, and you gotta put yourself in the best position to win. Like, is it fair of life that? Sometimes my brain literally tells me I, that I ain't worth shit and that uh, it, today you're not going to be able to get out of bed or, or function with... Yeah, that's bullshit and sucks and I hate it. And don't get me wrong, it's not like just willpower can get you over that. It can't. Some days that just is how it is, no matter what I'm trying to do. But I figured out that like that doesn't mean that you can't do everything that in your power to help that out. And with me, a big part of it was alcohol. And, like, 
we're recording a special in uh, in a couple weeks at Zany's. Come out, Zany's Nashville, December 16th through 18th. Um, and so much of me not drinking was like, you can't have your anxiety and depression ruin the process of filming a special and all these other things going on. But like, I'll be honest with you, once we get through that, I don't know if I'm going back to just how I was. Like, I'm definitely never going to be someone who drinks just because like, I don't have another activity to do because um, four months of sobriety last year and like close to three or four now has like shown me that like, oh, I really, I, I love, I have hobbies and they don't require alcohol at all. Um, but that was a huge trigger and like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I haven't been depressed or anxious since I quit drinking. Cause that's not true, but it's helped immensely, like immensely it has helped. Um, another trigger, sorry, once again, another trigger, uh, is social media. And from time to time, I will have to just take a two week break from social media. And when I say time to time, I mean, that's very rare because, the the unfortunate the, the social media is a double edged sword. It it literally gave me a resurgence in my career and has helped boost my status. Um, but at the same time, it makes me want to throw my computer against a fucking wall. Um, and because of the what I was saying earlier about you know having so many irons in the fire and so many other things I was doing, so much of those is reliant on social media to promote. Like I literally make my money by going on social media and promoting the things that people pay me to do. So taking it, can I hear people all the time go, oh, you should just get off social media. I'm like, that's my job. Like it, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, w- I wish that wasn't the case, but that's just true. In my world, if you don't have social media, you don't have shit. Like you're not going to make it. Old school comedians, that wasn't the case. It didn't exist. But now that's just not the reality. So me taking two weeks off social media is almost like someone taking two weeks off work. Like the social media part isn't my job, but it's where I take my job, put it in front of people so that they will pay me <laughs> for it. You know, sell tickets, get subscriptions to this Substack, uh, inform people that I've got cameos for their birthday. Like I have to do that. Um, I, you know, I don't know any other way about it, but it, but it does trigger me. Like I, I find myself scrolling on Twitter, like, way, 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 way too long. Instagram's usually fine. I'm off Facebook. Fuck that. Like, that probably has been a detriment to my career, like, not being on Facebook. But, like, I, it was one I was, like, you know what? I don't give a shit. If, I, if I'm if i only ever half the comedian that I could have been if I was on Facebook, I'll fucking take it because fuck that place. Uh, but I did, this is either the most childish thing I do or the most adult thing I do. I set up on my phone, I set up a restrictor to where like it, it will tell me, Hey buddy, you've been on Twitter too long. And I'm like, okay, shut it down, shut it down, get off, you know? So that's a huge trigger for me. And that's one that like, I don't really know what to do about because it's my job. Like, obviously the goal is to become so successful that you don't, you can just like schedule all your posts for two weeks and then go on about your life. You know, I'm working in one of my TV shows gets picked up and I don't need it. Um, but like, that's just not the case right now. So yeah, alcohol and, um, alcohol and Twitter, probably the two biggest triggers that I have. So thank you. Uh, thank you very much for the question. Shoo, I, uh, there, well, there's several more. I know I said this was going to be the last episode, uh, the last AMA episode. I'll tell you what, I'm going to, uh, change what I said to, I won't ask people again to ask me anything, but I'm going to bookmark this Twitter thread and save it for future episodes when I, when I run across interesting questions, because I don't think I can do another one after talking about my, dep- <laughs> about my depression and, 
anxiety because, uh, you know, as I said, a whole ton of them are about that. And uh, I've set myself up for that. I very much understand that that's the case. Um, but, yeah, I don't want to talk about that anymore <laughs> on, on this episode. I'm not not ditching mental health as a topic, I promise. Uh, be kind to everybody be kind to everybody, uh, y'all. Uh, it's the holiday season. It's tough for a lot of people. It's my favorite time of the year, but you know, I, I have there's a lot of people out there who've had family troubles or maybe them and their family don't get along anymore. There's been a death in the family. It, it's just added stress. You know, I used to uh, work for a funeral home and the guy that was running it would always tell me that like, you know, it's it's not, it's just a fact. They're, they're, they're busier during the holidays. If, you know, it's cold and that has a factor in it too, but also he just says stress. You know, there's a lot more, unfortunately, suicides. Uh, and there's also just from what he told me was basically like, if you're someone who was about to have a heart attack, uh, Christmas will bring it on. You know what I mean? It'll it'll set that ticking time bomb off. So take care of yourself. Uh, take care of others. Be nice. Everybody's dealing with something. If you are feeling suicidal, please, 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 bare minimum, call the suicide hotline. Call your mama. Call your boy. Call your grandmama. Call anybody. Because you matter. And that, as they say, is a temporary, or excuse me, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Um too many folks I know, personally, you know, being a comedian, uh, <laughs> have chosen that path, and um, I wish that they knew that they did not have to do that. Wow, I'm ending on a grim note. <laughs> that's uh, that's on me. My bad. Okay, you know what? Positive note. Let's. It's we're getting close to Christmas, by God, which, like I said, is the greatest season. So. Here's what I want everybody to do uh, this weekend. It's it's uh, it's December. It's going to be December, I think, when this comes out. Let's you watch a freaking Christmas movie every single day. I, they, what are they? Is it the 25 Days of Christmas? Is that a thing? Oh yeah, the 25 Days of Christmas start tomorrow. Woo! Awesome. I personally think you could just watch uh, Christmas Vacation every single day and be fine. I know I could. It is just absolutely so flames. And a little. Uh, by the way, I, I don't know if this is a. I'm a movie nerd, so I notice things like this. Little known fact, maybe, that people don't talk about. Cousin Eddie, who most people would tell you is the best part of Christmas Vacation, doesn't even enter the movie until 44 minutes into the movie. That is how great of a movie that is, that the person that people consider to be the best character doesn't even show in until almost a full hour into the movie, and it's still amazing. And by the way, can I tell you, when Cousin Eddie does show up, it is straight absolute nothing but fire the entire time. Randy Quaid, Randy Quaid, God love him. We all know he's gone insane since then, but that son of a bitch right there was absolutely firing on all cylinders in the 80s. That is one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. My dad's favorite Christmas movie, I think, honestly, is Fred Claus. Well, of course, you have to count. He, no, it's it's a wonderful life for my dad, but his his like sleeper is is Fred Claus. So I love the holidays. We're gonna start. We're probably gonna start watching movies tomorrow. Maybe you know what? Oh my god! Holy fuck! I know what we're gonna. Sorry for cursing. I know what we're gonna do next week's episode. If I remember, we're I'm going to rank. Uh, Christmas movies, and maybe I'll have watched one, and I'll do a review of it. Hey, you can tell me in the comments what you would like next week's episode to be. As you know, these are been, these are just complete free-for-alls. 
Um, but we're going to figure out the format as we go. But we're just having fun. Love y'all very much. Thanks for subscribing. Tell all your friends. And uh, yeah, sorry I talked about depression for 15 minutes. <laughs> Love you. Bye.